0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Good morning. I I, I, I think we're live. I think we're having a few technical issues here this morning, guys. It must be the cold weather. So I think we're live. I think and I hope and I'm sure you are joining us here on um, the weekly podcast. You might notice that technical issues have um, all, uh, well, split up the gang of, you know, four, basically. And now it's a, it's a very happy trio. Um, and joining me this week are the two Dunns, said and done. Matt Dunn, football aficionado from the Daily Express, and my colleague Andy Dunn, chief sports writer of the uh, Daily Mirror. And I'm hoping at some point we might see the interjection of the, of, of the Yorkshire comic, also known as Jeremy Cross, chief sports writer of the Daily Star. Um, guys, it's been yet another remarkable week, hasn't it? And um, uh, to, to look back upon, to ponder the fallout. I mean, I have to say, I, I, yesterday was an amazing amazing day. I went to Swansea, Man City and then listened to the, to the radio commentary on the way home of, of of one of the games of the season. Surely, Jeremy, you're with us. Thanks so much. Sorry, guys. I no, no, no. we go. No, here we go. I was, I was explaining of- we, 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 we've had some had technical me. issues. We've had some sure. technical issues these technical issues are so bad this week it's even wiped out my boiler blimey back back in the day if, it, if you were too cold in the office they'd send you home and not quite sure what they do with home working when it's too cold um, but anyway I'll, um, I will I digress it's been an amazing week of football to, to warm the heart and, uh, and 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 soul really when we talk about these kind of you know terrible times and, and, and the pandemic everyone's stuck at home we're fortunate enough of course to go and see some games but really Really, football is serving its purpose at the moment, guys, isn't it, really? I mean, honestly, where to start, really? I do think we should maybe perhaps, you know, have a look. I mean, everyone, I think, is still catching their breath a little bit uh, from uh, Goodison last night, really. So let's start there, shall we? Uh, One of the, I mean, you know, the naysayers on the FA Cup. Well, I'm sorry, you've just lost the argument in in, in 120 glorious minutes there. You know, Everton five, um, Tottenham four, the scoreline, the drama, the sidelines, the stories. Uh, Andy, tell us, I mean, you, you know, you, you've written the match report this morning. Mm. I mean, I don't know quite how you manage that, pal, on our deadlines, but I mean, <laughs> blimey, on anyone's deadlines, it's, it was an astonishing feat in itself, really. But what a game. Talk us through it.
2: Just wrote it in that, and then fingers crossed, really, after Bernard <laughs> had, had got the ninth um, of the goals. Um, I mean, you know, it was just, I mean, it, it, you're right. It, it was, you know, and it was a game that the, this FA Cup um, fifth round really needed. I mean, I mean, you say about the naysayers in the FA Cup. Well, you know, before that Everton five Spurs four game that I was at last night, you'd had some really, really forgettable games. Um, in fact, I can't even remember who Man United were playing in that game West on Tuesday night. Obviously, West, West Ham. Ham. But yes, I know, I know. But I was being rather facetious there. And but but Man, <laughs> Man United, West Ham, um, Leicester, Brighton, Sheffield United, whoever that was. You know, I do think that the midweek has affected it. I do think it's a step too far in this uh, sort of dilution of the FA Cup. It should have its own weekend. And that's why you didn't need that game. You know, and it was almost Everton Spurs to the rescue. Who would have thought it? Jose to the entertaining rescue. Um, I'm not sure that was how he designed it. But, you know, it was a game that the, 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 in terms of the FA Cup, within the, if you want to put it in the context of the FA Cup and what it means to that competition... And what struck me there was on a bitterly cold night, um, you know, in a game that, that when you think that both of these teams, maybe their priorities might lie in trying to um, get a top four position, you know, when fourth place looks attainable for both, really, uh, you know, including Everton. I was absolutely um heartened by the fact the commitment of both sets of players. It really was astonishing. You, you know, you've got players... That, Ran themselves into the ground last night, you know. Decore Davis for Everton, um, Hungman Son for Spurs, um, Sanchez, even. I mean, basically, everyone who stayed on that pitch for their 120 minutes ran themselves into the ground on what was quite an inhospitable night. So inhospitable that, that, that it was obviously too much for Gareth Bale to make the trip up north. But what we had was two sides totally committed to to the game and to the cup. And that's why it was such a lift last night. The FA Cup needed that. It was a proper FA Cup tie. Two managers, to be fair, who behaved themselves last night as well. I mean, Ancelotti always does. um, But Jose Mourinho was, well, I wouldn't say magnanimous in defeat because he was far from it. But he wasn't over the top. He didn't really complain about any injustice in terms of Mm. decisions. And it was just, you know, it was a cracking game. I'll tell you what is interesting though, John, is that... Is it, it? it's almost, you know, it's one of those games that Jose Marino will hold as, you know, um, Exhibit A when he's defending himself for <laughs> nicking one nils and 2 nils. He'll say, well, look, here, here you go. Here's Exhibit A. Here's, here's when I told my boys to go, you know, gung-ho, show a bit of adventure, get on the ball, have 50% possession, you know, um, be attack-minded. We scored four, we conceded five. And that will be, and he'll be saying, right, you know, we all know his famous quote about I think it was Arsenal, wasn't it, when they won 5-4? And he said, mm. it's a hockey game. He takes his teams off training. He called it a disgrace, Danny. He called it a disgrace. I think, didn't he say he, he, if it is a training match, that gets a three-all, he, he, he calls it um, to an end because it's no longer a football match. Well, he probably <laughs> wished he could have done that last night. But, you know, and he'll use that. But having yeah. said that, you know, I mean, if I'm a Spurs fan, you know, I was looking at that. And, you know, was would it not for some, let's say, questionable keeping from Larice? some pretty ropey defending from, ironically, you know, including the likes of Sanchez, who actually scored twice. On the attack, certainly the first 20 minutes, for example, you know, and throughout the game, really. Attack-wise, they look better than Everton. And they'll, they're, they're, when they look back in the cold light today, they'll think, how did we lose that game? Mm. But yes, bottom line is, it was a great game that the FA
1: Cup really needed. Mm. I'm not sure I completely agree really because you know what I think about the FA Cup but ma- ma- maybe we should come on to that in, in in a moment really and I think think looking at the running of people John- put together John- of course maybe we, we we will come back to it but um yes. but uh, <laughs> um <laughs> Jeremy I mean you know you know, following on from that what did what did you what did you make of, of, of last night's drama I mean it's just an amazing game at Goodison, isn't it
3: Well firstly can you hear me Yes
1: yes yeah. First, I was,
3: I was chuckling to myself, sat on the sofa, home, thinking, thank God I'm not, not there. Mm. I mean, it was as great a game as it was to watch. You wouldn't want to be covering that as a journalist, given the fact it went to extra time and it was a late kick to start with. But, mm. no, listen, it was, it was probably one of the best games I've seen this season. It was gung-ho, won it, from both teams, some really shoddy defending, which is not like Spurs, really. The, you know, not on Mourinho. I think it's the first time Mourinho's. A side managed by Mourinho has conceded five goals since 2015. So, you know, most out of character for Tottenham. But also, you know, they they, they took the game to Everton. They, they got themselves back into it when they looked dead and buried. They, they contributed a lot to that game. Now, that won't come as any consolation whatsoever to Mourinho this morning because, you know... It, any team that concedes five goals has clearly got major issues at the back and that's something that's going to be the downfall this season. So, you know, I mean, you, they're due to play City, aren't they, in the Carabao Cup final. Just imagine what City are going to do to to yeah. a Tottenham team that defends like that. It could be embarrassing on that Wembley pitch. So, um, you know, he's got issues to resolve and the play City, actually, at the weekend. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's got not got much time to sort things out. But look, great for Everton. They're desperate for a trophy. I think it's 20, 25 years, is it? Sorry, Dunny. Twenty-five, six, yeah, twenty-six. Since they won anything, but they've got a great chance. You know, there's some open isn't it? Left in it. There's some good teams left in tonight's draw, but you know, when they play like that, they're they're a force. So you know, good for them.
1: Yeah, Matt, you you, you might think that the basically show is this show is thrown together in many ways. You'd be right, but I, I actually wanted to deliberately leave you to last to offer you the last word on Jose simply because. <laughs> You know, we both probably do. We both see a lot of Jose on the Zooms, don't we? We both see him a lot post-match, you know, pre-match. We've seen a lot of Spurs this season, hell of a lot. Where Where is Spurs? And, I mean, you know, you also take the barometer with fans. I, I mean, I'm of a view slightly that basically fans will stomach Jose and Jose's style and football when they get the results, when they don't get the results, not not quite sure, Jose, not sure, Jose, this is working. Where, where, where are we with Jose? Where are we with Tottenham and where are we with Jose and Tottenham most importantly?
0: Well, you talk about unpopular managers. I still remember Spurs fans chanting man in a raincoat, blue and white army for uh, when George Graham was in charge because <laughs> they couldn't bear to mention his name. Um, and he won them a trophy. Um it was
1: slightly uh, uh, different, Matt, isn't it? Slightly I mean, there
0: was a particular different. personal reason for that. <laughs> and all the history. But he's the same, he was the same sort of controversial appointment, in, in a way. But Mourinho delivering them uh, the Carabao Cup's not going to cure the, the haters and bring them mm. round. Uh, uh, well, I think Sunday's a really big game. Uh, Saturday, sorry, Saturday evening, isn't it? Mm. It's a really big game for him because mm. he's fighting off this dinosaur tag um, and proving he's still relevant and he's up against his old foe Pep Guardiola, and if that is as much of a mismatch uh, as it could be, then it just throws a new light onto where Pep is now as a manager, where Mourinho is, uh, and you wonder whether he is really this this top on top of his game winner um, that, that he still aspires to be. Um, he's had great moments during the season where he seems to be a genius and uh, have worked things out. Um, uh, and he pulls a a load of results out. And then he he goes on runs where, you know, last night, so under character. second-best, Man City's the best defence in the Premier League, Spurs is the second-best, and yet in a big cup tie, you know, he seems, you know, if he has told them all to go gung-ho, why? Mm. He's the manager, not us, not the fans. You know, he should be setting the agenda on on the way he wants to play football, you know, and take it or leave it on that. So, it just... (laughs) he doesn't seem as commanding as he once was. And and I think Saturday could be quite a big test of, of where Spurs really are. Yeah. And City um, what City can do to teams. Then I think there'll be quite a lot of questions about where Spurs are heading um, after weekend. That says Ted knowing Mourinho probably win the game. Um,
1: and uh, you know, and it's all Jose's
0: brilliant again. Um, it, it,
1: it's a weird one. And do you, think, do you think it's the right match? Do you think it's the long-term match? No, no, it's completely match? the wrong They're match. They're in a cup final, aren't they? They're still in Europe. You know, uh, I don't know, just before Christmas, they were top of the league. They're out of the FA Cup now. We we, we kind of get that. But uh, we, we I, we I, there I there think this Hart- season is this season. But basically on that, I'm not sure. Do you, are you?
0: We, we sit there at White Hart Lane uh, in that empty stadium, that bowl of a stadium. If you imagine, I I was thinking this, when a very tepid performance against an inept West Brom team that should have been hammered. They were there for, for the taking. Crikey, um, they, this they is sort of,
1: friends of Sam Allardyce. Saying but,
0: that yeah, well, that, that, I mean, the defence are all over the place, and what's <laughs> going on there will probably come on he too, said but, they
1: played really well, and there was lots of positives, Sam.
0: I think he has to say that, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, otherwise, I interrupt. Otherwise, he'd just cry. Um <laughs> Uh, but but that aside, you know, we're sitting there and all we can see is emblazoned on three levels of that great stadium, the, the motto to dare is to do. And if that's not the anti-Mourinho message, then I don't know what is. But it's not a great, it was an uh, Levy saw it as an, uh, an essential step to take Spurs from being also RANs to genuine contenders. They needed a manager to win things. That's what Mourinho was. That's what he appointed. Um, and Mourinho needs to win the big ones. I think he's pretty much now focusing on the Europa League as his salvation. It's his step into the Champions League. It's a trophy he's always won um, and makes a lot of store by that. And if he can get them into the Champions League by winning the Europa League at the end of the season, then it's job done. Anything short of that, and there are going to have to be questions because when fans start coming back into that stadium, he's had a free hit of it this season. He was mm. supposed to get them in the top four. Um, yes, great win trophies. That's that's also was there, but it's the big trophies that they're after now. It's what Pochettino got pilloried for aiming for. Mm. Um, but but Mourinho waves around a Carabao Cup at the end of the season and says, "Look, I'm a winner." I, I don't think many people are taking that seriously. Um, and, and next season. With fans back in the stadium, could be a very interesting place. Make that a very interesting place indeed.
1: You, you don't think it's enough to win the Carabao Cup?
0: He can't wait for the Carabao Cup and say, "Yeah, look at me, I'm a winner." Not when they've missed out on the Champions League, Champions League and Carabao Cup. Yeah, that's okay. Right,
1: top four. <laughs> <I think. laughs> Jose Mourinho
0: can
2: wait. The City wins trophies people. with. Donnie Jose Marino would wave the City Wings trophies won
1: against this son and claim he's a winner. Oh,
0: absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah but I must say I disagree with you, Matt. Jose I not mean, he's a winner. It, yeah, this is the, why this is why we have a discussion. Man, I I disagree with you, Matt. I I personally yeah. think 2008 that that you know was the last time they won the tro- they mm-hmm. won a trophy. That that's the stick that Spurs are beaten with. What was the trophy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The they Cup. What was their previous What was their previous? But, but John, what happened the to Ramos? You know. 30 yeah. years, 30 years since they won John, the I'll
0: come back again because of the, what happened to one day Ramos. Oh, I
1: know. I know. I agree. I, see starting I, I can see, see that. That. I'm not saying... It's just, it's just everyone forgets that, Matt, don't they? Oh, everyone yeah, no, forgets that element because we're focused on the trophy. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. If Jose gets here, the Carabao Cup perhaps gets him through the summer and he'll hmm. talk his way into saying, look, I've got your trophies. I can do it. But September, October, November, that time next season, when they're out of contention in the Champions League, playing do football that nobody enjoys. And there are fans back in that stadium booing on the final whistle. And I think Levy's seriously thinking, you know, this isn't working.
3: Frosty, yeah. what's the issue with Bale? What is that a, a becoming now a, a real talking point? Cause he wasn't even in the squad oh, last night, was he? I,
1: I just think, I just find it bonkers. And I do think, look, l- listen, it's clear that there's a, that there's a you know, a, 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 a roadblock between manager and player but I think that Jose Mourinho is being so short-sighted here, because this was a vanity signing. This was this was a superstar signing made by the owner of the club. You know, or I should say, sorry, the chairman of the club, Daniel Levy. Basically, he was desperate to bring back Gareth Bale. I'm not saying that Jose Mourinho didn't buy into that, but I just think, as a manager, don't you have responsibility? You know, to to try and make that work. I mean, yes, we can We can talk about how much football Gareth Bale has lost in Spain. We can talk about how, you know, in, in recent times in Spain when he has played, he hasn't been at the level, he hasn't been at the intensity, and maybe we're seeing that in England now. How do you get that intensity? I'll tell you how. You start games, he's not even given him the chance. And I I feel that that's deeply, deeply frustrating. You uh, Listen, you won't find a bigger Gareth Bale fan than me. Because I just think that we don't cherish and respect what he achieved as Britain's greatest ever footballing export. He won four Champions Leagues. He he scored the most incredible overhead kick and scored twice in the final against Liverpool. He won that Champions League final and he's won four for for Real Madrid. The guy's a global superstar. Yes, he arrived at Spurs injured. Yes, he arrived at Spurs half-fit but I'm sorry. You, you've got to try and make that work. And he hasn't. He really hasn't. How is Gareth Bale going to get up for it if he's not even going to be given the chance? I mean, it's just, that's for me in, in a nutshell, is Jose all over. It's the same as Shemchenko at Chelsea.
3: Exactly it's the same. Shame as well, because I mean, when, when they signed him, everyone, I presume everyone on this podcast was really excited about seeing him back in the Premier League. Absolutely. You know, a player who developed his game so much in Spain and he thought, God, this is going to be exciting to watch. It's just been such a letdown. I mean, where does he go from here,
2: Bale? He what, MLS. Podcast. Nothing. MLS. Well, for start off, listen, for start off, he goes back to Real Madrid. He's a Real Madrid yeah. player. He's not Tottenham's player. Now, why should he care about Tottenham? Why should Tottenham care about him? Listen, This is fact. Oh, Danny, there's history oh, there. Absolutely.
3: Oh, he, he's, no. he's a player they
2: borrowed. I mean, he is a player they borrowed. He doesn't... Jose Mourinho should have no particular loyalty to Bale. Tottenham should not. And, and neither Bale to Spurs. He's there as, as a matter of convenience to be home while he's not being played for Real Madrid. He's a Real Madrid player. I mean, let, let's, let's just get this right. He is a Real Madrid player. There is no there is no argument with that. And, and, and basically, if, for example, last night, uh, Jose Mourinho said that, that Bale said that he thought he'd be better off... Um working with the sports science guys he didn't feel quite right now listen let me tell you one thing if you're a Spurs player if your contract is with, with Tottenham Hotspur full time you're not doing that now Bale's looking after himself Bale's probably thinking about the Wales games next month Bale might be thinking you know about well you know what guess what I'm I'm, I'm going back to Real Madrid that's where my contract is Spurs aren't going to stand me full time I'm not going to join them full time I'm going back there and hey they may have a new manager next season Real Madrid they might have a new manager I might be there I might be winning my fifth Champions League medal with Real Madrid next season do you think I'm going to go up to Goodison on a freezing cold night and risk getting injured when I feel a slight twinge and put all that in jeopardy or maybe he's thinking you know what I might get a full time move to China at the end of the season am I going to risk any of that to go to Goodison on a a Wednesday night in in February for a kick around in the FA Cup he's not because he's not Tottenham's player full stop He's not Jose Marino's player, full stop. And that's just it. You know, I mean, so Baylor's looking after himself. Baylor's looking after his own career. What well, he sees that the way he's going to go. If we get annoyed and, and I know many people have written this, oh you know, you know, he should be chomping at the bit to sort of make this work at Spurs. well, why? I mean, why really? You, you don't feel there's any romance in the move. No. I, I personally do. I really oh, do. Oh, it's looking very romantic at the moment, isn't it? For good. Well, listen, there won't be many cards exchanged between Bale and Spurs this Sunday. Let me tell you well, that. Well, there won't be
1: many cards exchanged between Bale and Mourinho, but you cannot doubt, in my mind, you cannot doubt Tottenham's affection for Gareth Bale and that goes beyond the £85 million transfer yeah, maybe a bit of nostalgia a bit of an old old-fashioned romance I mean but that's, that's I just think Bale it. turned I mean, up there with an agenda an agenda to go and play for his old club and to prove Real Madrid wrong and I don't think he's been allowed to exercise that agenda. He can't even
2: get a game of golfing, can he, don't Exactly, mate. It opens thank Can you imagine now? Look, can you imagine him looking? I wrote this last week. Can you imagine him looking now at the weather forecast and at Campo de Madrid or whatever, the golf course? Don't, don't freaking, worry, boy. I mean, he was probably, probably, one, probably, probably to play ball, golf. And, and on the QT, three, two, Don't open. worry.
1: <laughs> Orange balls.
2: Norman, we mocked him for playing golf. Blimey. Well, what you would give now to be sort of like, you know, dude, not playing
0: for Real Madrid and playing golf. Mm. I, I think the acid test on the Gareth Bale thing, and I agree with a lot of what Donny says. I, I think that Gareth Bale does is very single-minded. Mm. Uh, and the most important person in Gareth Bale's life is Gareth Bale. Um, mm. it's not Tottenham. Um I'll be interested because running Gareth Bale, is close second in Gareth Bale's life is Wales. And I'll be interested to see what player declares himself fit and then steps over the white line against Belgium next month uh, for Wales and whether Spurs fans will see the player that they ho- they were hoping for when he pulls that red shirt on. Um, uh, because that seems to be what he's lived for in the last couple of years um, football-wise. Um, uh, and I think if Spurs fans see that, <laughs> that'll probably irritate them even more because yeah it's not working i i, I think you're right i think gareth bale's decided it's not going to work at spurs with jose um jose don't forget has managed a few decent players in his time and got some of the best football out of them mm-hmm. so that's that sort of player so he can manage the big stars um but this isn't working and i think bale thinks that uh Mourinho thinks that Bale's swinging the lead a little bit, uh, and his focus isn't there. Um, uh, and I think that, like I say, the you know perhaps that's what the twinge is. It's keeping him fit for next month. Uh, and let's see what happens in that international week and what Gareth Bale we see then. And I think that'll give us a clue as to what's actually happening at Spurs.
1: Yeah, it is interesting, and I must say, you know, looking at some of the the, the comments, guys that are coming in from people watching the show. Um, you know, Christine Allen here saying, honestly, I was lost respect. Mourinho, when his rants became a th- throwing toys out of the Prime exercise, he can't comment as a professional. There's too much of him and sour grapes. Um, it, it, you know, it's it, it's interesting, really, um, how, how how people view it and see it. And I do think that basically, the fans out of the stadium at the moment has become something of a salvation, as Matt as Matt you alluded to it is. Um, uh, otherwise, I do think. Mourinho would have a full-scale revolt on his hands. Now, as a board, how do you judge that? I don't. I don't know. It's it's a really difficult one to carry. But I must say that we must move on to to, to Manchester City. Listen, I was at Swansea last night to see Guardiola chalk up two more milestones in one. Basically, fifteen straight wins across all competitions. Now, to clarify this, because I, I it took me a while to get my head around it, it's obviously across all competitions. They were joint level with with fourteen, obviously, with Preston uh, from the nineteenth century and Arsenal from from nineteen eighty <laughs> probably watched every single one of those games. I don't actually, uh, I don't actually remember that record. Well, I did watch every single one of those games um, in person. And um, and me, John. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and 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 frankly, I don't I don't remember it. And what struck me as you know, I'm not de- decrying that 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 achievement in any way because the levels of consistency you have to get to. What struck me is even more incredible. What was was, Marie, uh, was um, <laughs> Mourinho wishes Guardiola um, that, that was his 200th win as Manchester City boss last night. 200 wins. For Manchester City, in less than five years, I'm thinking that can't be mathematically right. That cannot. Some statistician there at City's got that wrong, and they really haven't. And to do that, in 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 as I say, I mean you, you talk in an average of more than forty games a season because we're not quite at five years yet. <laughs> well, it's just an astonishing achievement. I think we saw Anfield. How good Man City are this season, how they've stormed back in the last couple of months. They are mind blowingly good. And I actually think that, that they're on course at the moment, the way that they're playing, to perhaps raise the bar again from the back to back title winning seasons. I just, you know, my match report, you know, from Swansea turned into a love letter for, for Guardiola. You know, so, so admire and respect what, he, what he's done for English football, let alone Man City. I just think it's it's a remarkable achievement. Are, are, are we back to those levels, uh, uh, Andy? I can see you slightly, <laughs> slightly <laughs> turning your mouth up and slightly no, not going into me far. getting in, getting so carried away. So tell us. No, no, it's, it's lovely, Bobby. We, we, we're born in a summer of love or something. I mean, like, always, like, mate. Well, Make I mean, love not war.
2: Listen, no, what what I would say, i, no, I'm just, <laughs> I Listen. You 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 saw that game um, last night, and I remember seeing the previous um, FA Cup round when they won at Cheltenham. Um, hmm. And when you get the team sheet, like you probably got it yesterday, and you look and you think, blimey, you know, Pep is taking this competition seriously. People then put out on social media, Pe- Pep is taking this competition seriously. It was the same when they played Cheltenham. You then check, and there's been... A whole raft of changes. Seven from the previous last game. night. Seven last night, chel- seven last night. The game. The, the game. I was at Chelton there was ten changes. Ten changes yeah. from the previous side. Mm. I think only Phil Fogan actually of all people started that game in And I actually looked at it, and I actually sort of said to, to the lads there, to, to, to people, "I said, blimey, you know, he's taking this seriously." And then I realised he made ten changes. So, what that just shows you is that he, the, the wealth of talent he has at his disposal is incredible. Now, we will point out that he's had two injuries this season that have been, you know, that, that could otherwise have been critical. Obviously, Aguero's been missing for a long time. Um, well off and on but mainly mainly off um, and obviously recently Kevin De Bruyne is injured mm. but that is it I mean l- l- let's get that straight you know realistically now he does have a relatively he's had a relatively good spell without his injuries which means that he can feel that those two separate teams he's got an incredible um, array of talent he spent a, an incredible amount of money over the four and a half seasons he's been here but what I would say you know so they're all the reasons why they should be doing well yeah what what where I, I I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you and totally in agreement with your, your love letter this morning today's Daily Mirror um is, is it, it, what I'm trying to totally come early. Is it, it, is, bad. So <laughs> it, it, it is is it what, what I totally agree is they no matter what team he puts out, whether it's the team with seven changes last night, the team with ten changes Cheltenham, <laughs> the team of Liverpool um last uh, Sunday downfield or the team of players spares the Etihad had this Saturday. They play the same way, so he's got all these players playing in exactly the same way—the same um, fluent, entertaining, quick passing, incisive way—and he's got them from one to twenty-five in the squad. So, mm. so and, and they, they all do it, and they play a brand of football that is just so great to watch. You know, mm. I, I, I mean, it, since, since he came to the Premier League, um, you know, City to me is the hottest ticket to go and cover because you know you're not gonna see a good city performance. Well you might do, but you're still they're still gonna they're still going to, they're still gonna die trying. You know, they are still gonna play their football. And if they get beat in that, you know, it's like when I saw them get beat five two by Leicester, believe it or not, at the Etihad yeah. early this season. They still played really, really well. You know, yeah. when they went to Spurs, you know, and Spurs would love a repeated that performance earlier this season. They still played really, really well. And that and you know you're always gonna get that. And I think that's that that that's his, that's his triumph. It's, as much as the trophies he's won, the triumph is really to turn out a team that, that you look at it and you just go, "I'd watch this team. I'd pay to watch this team as the, the way they play." And when you come on to the 200 wins, John, it's a remarkable number. But I think, for you know, we, we, I think also what we must remember is that I never thought that he'd have 200 games here. Never mind 200 wins. Well, you know, why? I, why, well, I, I gave season. him three years. I mean, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not being... Frank. I think I, I probably wasn't alone in thinking, right, if, if you had to have a bet when he signed for City, how long will he be here for? I would have said three years. I was surprised mm. when he was here for a fourth. I'm surprised he's going to be here for... that he is here for a fifth. And it, it seems like he's going to be here for a sixth, possibly seventh, possibly eighth, which would be fantastic. And we're very lucky to have that team playing yeah. as they are. You can't imagine a, a manager taking over and playing the same way, can you, really? It's hard no, you to, you to imagine. No, so no, I think totally in terms of the 200 wins, what I would say is that I just think we've been very lucky. And listen, you have to caveat the success with the amount of money they've spent, which is a fortune, you know,
1: which is you know, one half billion pawns and then I get slightly wound up by that both important Simpl- they playing to Simpl- you know, script i know i know simply i i personally listen you know I, <laughs> I i i i i i i, I, I I'm not- Compl- I, yeah. I don't really absolutely agree with that that basically you can buy the title I, I, I think that's the common accusation of yeah. course it helps of course it of course it does I mean funnily enough I was talking to talking, talking to a manager while well, I was in the press box and he said oh blimey uh, well you know he's been decrying his sort of bad fortune of late and basically I was sort of saying where I was and he said well you know blimey if only I had his money sort of thing and it was just it was it um, was it, it, I mean, yeah, the, the the money contributes, but I just think that Man City have raised the bar, and I think that, that it's just the way that they pushed in, in English football is something to behold. I should stress at this point: this is not this is not a holiday romance and a Pep is for life, not just for Christmas. And and I I had my doubts. I, I'll admit this in his first season because you know I saw them lose. I always remember this at Everton. And I thought this ain't working. They they got stuffed at Everton in their first season. Earlier this season, you know, I was thinking, you know, in the autumn when they were languishing in the lower reaches of the table, I'm thinking. <laughs> What are they doing? Giving him a new contract? I'm I'm not sure that he's he's feeling it. But and the, and the way Jeremy, I think they've roared back this season is, is is what's really caught my eye. It's like the the second summer of love to carry on the Valentine's theme. But it's just a ama- It's just amazing. And I mean, I I think don't you think that they're basic? They are pushing the Premier League on again. Will you be sending Pepper Valentine's card this weekend? It's already sent, mate. You're not. I'm. we You know, in London at the moment. Unfortunately, you can't rely on the post. It's been well documented so I had to get it in early just to make sure it <laughs> arrives yeah,
3: look it's <laughs> hard not to fall in love with that team isn't it you know even even are
1: the- you falling in love with it yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm lucky I see a lot of City cover a couple yeah. of
3: lot of their matches it's a privilege to watch them play I mean in this season of all seasons when we've seen really freakish results and weird things happening you know they go and reel off 15 straight wins I mean that is mm. that is an astonishing achievement mm. You look at watch them play. I think the biggest compliment you can pay them is they are, they don't they're not even missing De Bruyne or Aguero. Oh, I
0: mean, yeah.
3: and, and De Bruyne would get into any side in the world. Let's be honest, he's a Rolls Royce a yeah. footballer. So you know they they are back in light like training apparently. So it must be. Mm. Scary prospect for, for other teams to think that once De Bruyne and Aguero are back and fit and firing, then that just adds so much more firepower to, to that team. Look, we've talked about in Endless enemy. Ruben Diaz has, has, has solved a massive problem in mm. the back. That looks like the final piece in the jigsaw moving forward. And you've got to say, when you watch them play, they win games so easily, there's no, mm. no stress involved. You know, the winning, I know, look, you can't sort of judging last night because Swansea with respect they're a championship team and I thought they played really well Swansea but you know Liverpool they brushed aside Liverpool with these didn't they? I know Liverpool have got the problems (laughs) at the minute but Hmm. they're the champions it was a definitive result. I think they will go on now City and 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 be dominant again for the next two or three years. I really do.
1: Can they win the treble this season again?
3: I think they can win the quadruple. Do you I think I just can't sit look there's no, no one's perfect all the time, and they, look, they will lose a game. But mm. who's going to stop the, the, the running away with the title? there the, would be the eight points clear if they win the game in hand. So that's going to mm. take some. Will they win? Will they lose three league games? I just can't see that happening. So I fully expect them to go and win the title. they will probably beat Tottenham in the Carabao Cup final. I just, I just can't see how Tottenham can contain City. They're too good. They've scored too many goals. Mm. Um... But one Achilles' heel, obviously, is the Champions League. Obviously, he's had a nightmare in that competition since he joined the club, and ultimately, that's why he was brought to the club to win to win the the big one. And that I think that's why he's still there. I think he's still got a burning ambition to win that trophy. He's not won it for ten years now, which is astonishing, really, when you think how good a manager he is and what which teams he's managed in that period. And I think that's why he's signed a new contract. He's got the team in place to go and do it. Whether it be this season, who knows? I mean, there's no home advantage for certain clubs, isn't this season? Mm. But that, might, that might help him. They've got a comfortable looking tie in the next round. Obviously, they'll get through to the quarterfinals. Then, you know, strange things have, have happened, haven't they? He starts to act like a madman and make crazy team selections. If he just
1: keeps <laughs> picking, the, if he just keeps playing like Real Jesus at left yeah. back. Yeah,
3: I think he just into it too much. You, you know. Last year was was horrendous What how it what panned out in, in um, Lisbon, but listen, if they won four trophies this season, would you be surprised? I mean, it, it's never been done before, but they're so good. I mean, I think they're as good as that Barcelona team Guardiola had back in the noughties. I mean, they just play with so much patience, and they just wear you down with keeping the ball. And there's no panicking in the team. So it's, pace, it's basically patience and precision, and it's it's really. I, I just can't see who's going to stop them. I really can. No,
1: no, I think that, I, th- I do think they're wonderful. We, we, uh, I'm gonna. Matt, before I come to you, just sort of taking another sort of uh, comment from, from from a viewer. Flash Gordon, who, who I'm sure that's his real name, who's a Man United fan, um, but basically saying just look at John Stones now, also making the point, you know, we just touched on there about sort of kind of the, um, you know, will he change tactics in, in the Champions League? Matt, the, the, the reinvention of John Stones this season obviously didn't play you know sort of um you, 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 you know sort of i mean blimey, it doesn't sort of kind of didn't need him um last night but his his form alongside diaz has been remarkable hasn't it and that's testament isn't it to 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 guardiola but city's patience in him but also diaz as a player i mean the, the reinvention of stones wow
0: well it must be Flash and I must like like that and you never see us in the same room together because as soon as you mentioned Diaz, uh, I thought as well, John Stones alongside him, how many managers would have sold him by now? Yeah. Um, he's consistently failed to be the centre-back leader that, that City wanted and signed him to become mm. um, until now and he's had so many summers to say, right, no, let's go again. Uh, and he, he's shown faith in him. And, and finally, that's being repaid. Uh, and for as much as Diaz has done, it's the fact that he's working with Stones uh, that, that keeps all those goals out. Um, uh, and yeah, that just shows remarkable management, long-term management, that, that he, he's stuck with him. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, that's the foundation that they've built this 15-game run yeah. on. know, yeah, because Spurs and other teams can score four goals and still not win games. City know as soon as they've got a couple there, they're over the yeah. line.
1: Yeah. No, that's, it, that's the big quick.
0: difference, isn't it? That that is the big difference. You, you know, I generally said there about
2: them winning games comfortably, which they are, but even, it even it feels comfortable when they're only one 0 or 2 0 up, mm. you know. Okay, okay, got back to one each on Sunday, but for example, the games, you know, the game at home against was it, uh, Sheffield United, you, you know, you'd only won up for the entire game, but you, you never really felt they were gonna lose it. And that's because oh, yeah. all of a sudden you've got a defense that just, you know. I mean, bear in mind they conceded five in one game. You know, they conceded five in that 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 um, freakish um, defeat at home to Leicester. And apart yeah. from that, you know, they're just not conceding goals, are they? No, no, no. I mean, the, the, uh, what has
1: what has impressed me? The, the goalkeeper
2: show? seems okay. to have reined it in a bit, a little bit as well, doesn't he? You know, the goalkeeper is still, you know, he can still ping their fifty-yard passes and he can still whatever. he's doing?
1: I actually wonder. You know, you're touching a really good point there. Basically, uh, not for the first time, obviously, but basically, the, the way I think they me, they have measured almost balanced. Yes. Please don't get me wrong; they're not playing it long out the back. No, no, it's no, no, Almost but, as if they're uh, sort of slightly tempered yes. the kind of complete, total football from passing. Now, I love that tweak. I, think- I love the tweak that basically suddenly thought no. I'm not going to have two sixes basically which is what they what they effectively went yeah. to and you know Rodri is getting the best out of Rodri at last you know yeah. and, also, and uh, yeah. interesting little things like that you, you can see that the yeah. coaching him has mm-hmm. really worked this season I really also John
3: mind. you've got to remember this is the first season they've had without David Silver. yes yeah? I mean you thought how many pieces did you write saying how the heck do you replace a player like David Silver? Phil Foden yeah. you exactly. know it, it <laughs> It's amazing. I mean, he obviously. I wrote a piece about eighteen months ago saying Foden should maybe should think about going out on loan somewhere, mm. to just to boost his experience and um, get some game time under his belt. And um, you know, obviously, Guardiola knows far more than I do about football. But oh, you know, he kept him, big admission. nurtured him. He obviously saw in him something that made him think oh. this guy can come. We, we yeah. won't miss David Silver because we've got Phil Foden. And this season, he's come into a world of his own. He's really matured as a player, and he's been exceptional, as proved on uh, Sunday. After.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say. I mean, Phil Foden. Let's 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 keep with that theme because we're talking here, guys, aren't we? About about one of the best stars in Europe, Matt. I mean, you know, can it, 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 the debate is no longer obviously about the squad, uh, and there, let's be honest here. There was a debate first whether he gets in and then basically be whether he gets back because of what happened in And Now the debate is, you know, not whether he starts as much as do you build a side around him. I mean, he's just just amazing to watch, isn't he, at the moment?
0: Uh, he's an incredible player, and yeah, I think I think he would have struggled for last summer, wouldn't he? Um, there would have no, no real reason why he should have been in the Euro 2020 finals if it had taken place when they should have done. Yeah, um, And that's possibly going to work to England's advantage because in that 12 months you know he's been in like you say in and out and i mean there's no question he's going to be you know being all being well and being fit he's going to be in that squad mm. um and i don't think we need to build a team around him because he can play anywhere in any fashion so you build your team and put him in it but but i don't think you need to build a team around him per se because he's got so many uh, you know places where he can fit into a team so you, you build your team around Kane and um, Sterling. and Foden will fit into it wherever he wants to because he's that natural football player. Um, I think the three of us, Andy, didn't have this pleasure, I don't think, but speaking (laughs) to Steve Cooper at the start of the week, I thought it was fascinating. Old man out, isn't he? Absolutely, Andy. Um, But uh, but no, I thought it was fascinating speaking to someone who worked with him that closely when he was younger. Uh, And there was an interesting tidbit I took from that was that he likened the goal he scored against Liverpool to the one he scored in that under-17 World Cup final. Mm. Uh, and so many people who've worked with him, and presumably Pep's the same as Jeremy was just saying, have seen what he can do and just knew they had to wait for him to get just that much stronger, that much more experience and possibly that much more mature in terms of being able to do it week in, week out, that it was all going to come. Uh, and We're seeing what he was doing. You know, he was beating the world, you know, the best player in that tournament four years ago, uh, and he can be the best player in this tournament this summer you know mm. he's that good um, he's been schooled at a club you know he's come through a system
3: at a club where he's he's been training day in day out with world class players mm. like De Bruyne David Silver, you know you could you could reel off a dozen names so you mm. know and he's he's now coming through and flourishing and yeah. the issue for Southgate is I know he can probably play in numerous positions for him he's that good but if he keeps this form up between now and the Euros he has to start him. Mm. In the Euros, but who makes way? I mean, you've got you've got Rashford, you've got Kane, you've got Sterling, you've got Sancho. It's it's,
0: uh, it's Irish. Irish. Irish.
3: so many attacking options open to Southgate. Really, it's going to be a, we're back to pickle. It's going to be a pickle. What yeah. to do with Foden? He has yeah. to play. Him. Where do you play him?
1: It certainly is. It certainly is a massive pickle. Actually, I just wanted to before we move on to to another issue completely. Uh, I, I've got to say, I'm indebted to um, to Jeremy this week for for writing out the schedule really, and on it here he's basically written off the FA Cup. Let's be honest, here Jeremy, That was me. That's what that, Oh, it's you. Sorry,
2: yeah. sorry. Oh, that was my, my, my sole contribution to Jeremy's
1: schedule. Basically, sorry, sorry. Oh, I might have known it. Forgive me, Jeremy, forgive me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he loves the FA Cup, just like you. <laughs> well, good. I mean, it says here, step too far, the FA Cup in midweek. We can yeah. live without replays. We can live without with the semis at Wembley. We can live with the finals tea time kickoff. But a whole round in midweek is strictly Mickey Mouse. You oh, know? that's my colleague. Sorry. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, but that, I cannot disagree with you more. I, I mean, I just think that the the, the midweek round is has brought a, a unique style to it, memories, and going straight to penalties. You know they have got that threat. We've yet to have one yet, by the way. But let's see. And it's just, don't are you not enjoying the sudden death drama of it? It's, yeah, it's, well, it's a unique season. It's an unprecedented season. The <laughs> FA Cup is just playing into that. I don't. I'm not oh. sure that we killed it. I just think it strengthened the FA Cup in my view.
2: Well, I've just said all, all those things. Do I like it going straight to extra time rather than replays? Yes. Would I mm. like it to go to penalties? Yes. I say, am I bothered about semi-finals at Wembley? No. Am I bothered about half past five kickoff in a final? No. But I just think to have a whole round of fixtures in midweek is a step too far. It's one sacrifice that the FA have made to the Premier League that is too much. They're an afterthought. I'll tell you what games get played in midweek. Carabao Cup games. Papa John's pizza trophy or Johnson Paints or Freight Rover or whatever they call it nowadays. That's what gets played in midweek. Anglo-Italian. You know, italian games, yeah, exactly. Anglo-Scottish from the day past. They're the games that get played in midweek. Northern section, southern section. Not, not blue-chip FA Cup ties, Everton versus Spurs, Manchester United versus West Ham. And, you know, they're an afterthought. Not especially when you've got so many Premier League games now taking place in midweek and it just blurs into one. I just genuinely think the FA Cup should always have a weekend of its own. Simple as that. And, you know, this will just be the start. Maybe another round will go to, you know, uh, midweek. Maybe the third round that, that, mm. that we all know and love to be that weekend in January. That'll go. I just think that basically, to me, it's just midweek fixtures are for those type of games. Or maybe even, you know, and then they maybe for European games. But I think the FA Cup, as a standalone event, eight prestige ties that we've got, some cracking ties, have just basically been sort of relegated to the uh, subordinate clause on the calendar. And as I say, we've seen games as good as Everton Spears and as memorable as Everton Spears was. We've had three or four, you know, games that just will, you know, live for seconds in the memory,
0: and that's it. Can I offer no, some sorry. evidence to back Andy's point up? Well that no, mate. No. Yes, yesterday, well, I'm going to anyway. Um, yesterday, um, Tuesday night, uh, in my house, uh, my wife's always the barometer of, of what, Common senses and everything else, and what's right in the world—that's well, uh,
1: no surprise to anyone, is it?
0: Turn, turns yeah. on the television. Where's Holby City? Uh, I said, "Oh no, it's uh, playing Swansea away." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the FA Cup this week. She said, "But it's a Tuesday. Why are they playing the FA Cup on a Tuesday? Why that's at the weekend, isn't it? Uh, and that's somebody you know was a passing interest in football. And to her mind, um, it's." uh it's yeah. so, uh, the FA Cup games are one, games are played at the weekend, and to upset her even more, when Holby City was on on Wednesday, we obviously watched the Everton Spurs game because I rule occasionally in my own household. And then when that went to extra time, it meant it was too late to watch Holby afterwards. So, uh, so yeah. Mate, so uh, all Cup I say leads,
1: is on on this, if that's
0: know, not a, a commanding reason to put the FA yeah, Cup back at the, the weekend the game is
1: got The game is well and truly gone. If you you are fulling your evenings watching Holby City. I mean, there no, was enough fallout on social media with Mrs. And Brown's boys getting going by the wayside because no, the game went Kobe to City extra time.
0: You what, sorry? What league did
3: Holby City play Holby City.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> but, very, very John, good. I mean, seriously, there's only you know, one TV show to watch I, at I, the moment, I, guys, and that's that? it's a sin. I mean, you know, if you're not watching that, watch it. Last night, I didn't feel like I was watching
3: an FA Cup game. I thought I was watching a Premier League game. Of course. it's
1: nothing wrong
2: with that? Half past five what on a think Wednesday night and an right. FA Cup game. FA, on the FA Cup
3: games it should be on weekends. Absolutely. But, you know, tradition, I suppose, has gone out the window because of COVID. So if, for one season, maybe two, we might have to just suck it up and accept it. But, yes. you know, and I disagree with Dunny. I don't think semi finals should be at Wembley. I think it should be yeah, on New no.
1: York. Yeah. I think the Yeah, fact, no, I agree. I agree, but I can just stomach that, I agree with yeah. you. No, I agree. Right, guys, we we are going to move on to to another issue, which has oh. is really um, dominated, and it's it's across of a few spheres. This one really. We're going to start with the shocking abuse of Mike Dean. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, really, the fallout uh, uh, was so great, um, from what we have to say was an error in sending, out, uh, sending off Thomas Suchek was so great that Mike Dean, one of the most, you know, recognisable, one of the most, you know, experienced uh, officials, is asked to be taken off because of, you know, death threats on, 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 on social media and, and on, the, on, on the web, Has asked to be taken off the Premier League match list for this weekend. I mean, what has be- what has become of it? And we're also seeing, you know, more abuse of players. You know, I was shocked to, 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 to read this morning, you know, that one of the Swansea players was, was abused following the game and sort of Swansea have condemned that this morning. You know, police are investigating abuse of Bristol Rovers player. The, you know, the FA charged yesterday... Um, uh, you know Jan Sunogo, um uh, you know following a game between uh, Morecambe and Rochdale when homophobic abuse you know is slightly different during the game but you know well worth highlighting frankly because, because of the way it's creeping in I mean yeah, I I I mean where do we go with this I mean Instagram have reacted you know yesterday I think the FA have, try, have sort of trying to clamp down is enough, is enough being done by the social media companies, the players, and perhaps even the FA would argue not? It's a start, I guess, but is, is there enough being done, guys?
3: No, is the simple answer, in my opinion. I mean, look, the, you see these social platforms, this has been going on for years. Let's not mm. be around the bush. All right, it comes and goes, it seems to come and go in waves, and we're unfortunately having another spate of all this despicable abuse whether it's racist abuse or it's general abuse in general but they, these social media firms what's what how is the what is the vetting procedure for someone who wants to set up an account you've got to look at that for starters probably mm. and say look you can set up an account on social media and you don't have to give your passport details anything like that your home address even so, so these people can hide behind this Curtain and do say what they want to anyone they choose, and they can't be traced. I mean, you can't, we can't, surely, Mm since 2021, we can't, surely, live in a world where these people cannot be traced. That responsibility is down to the police and the social media companies. But these social media companies, they're they're not doing enough, and that they seem to put profits before. Principles, really, and I think it's disgraceful. I mean, you know, Mike Dean is all right. He's made a couple of mistakes. But who doesn't go through their working life not making a mistake? You know, and you know, it's a societal problem, isn't it? Really. I mean, you know, we all get abuse on social media. It's not highlighted because we're not famous people. So we should be grateful that these footballers are actually standing up to these people, yes. highlighting it and exposing them. But that's a futile exercise unless something changes. Mm. But we live in a racist society. That's just a fact. And, you know, we've seen people taking the knee, and as great as that is, it's not, it's clearly not making a difference to these people who still think it's acceptable to live in a world where the color of someone's skin. It's
1: an issue. It's it's unbelievable. No, I agree. I mean, Andy, I don't know w- w- your thought on it. I don't know how on earth we can tackle it. I mean, one one incident that was highlighted to me, to me last week about the complexities of dealing with it um, was was uh, Neil the Brighton striker Neil Mopay, mm-hmm. um, You know, was abused last season, um, and it, they traced it. Basically, the Premier League, with with cooperation from the police, were able to trace it. And they trace it to, to, to kind of one individual in Singapore. And yes. then basically, you know, are able to take action, action against that. But it just shows that it's, to me, that highlights the scale of the problem. That I think that basically, you know, let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. A lot of, you know, fans, you know, or so-called supporters are doing it uh, to abuse players from here. But basically, well, once you're talking about a global issue, that's the scale of the problem. But even so, you know, are we doing enough? Uh, are we supporting yeah. enough? Are are we are we are we in anywhere close to get, tackling this issue?
2: No, I mean, I can only I can only reiterate everything that Jeremy says. I, t- I totally agree w- with all that. I think, I, I, but I think the complexity of the issue clearly is that you mentioned there uh, this one was traced back to someone, you know, a long way away. I um, you don't know, you don't actually, and that's all. The point so you don't actually know who half these people are. You know, you don't know. And you, we just don't know. You don't know their demographic. You don't know the kids. You don't know if they're, you know, uh, people pranksters. You don't know if they're from where they're from. You actually, you know, don't know. And there must be a way of tracing that back. Having said that, you know, I, I am slightly, I, you know, this idea that, that we do you know, everything's out there. You register for an account. You give up your details and whatever. You know that that's. I, I am quite uneasy with that. You know, I, I think there has to be a. You know, do, do you want to be traced by everyone everywhere? You know, I, in this day and age when. We are all surrendering um a lot of our personal freedoms our personal liberties mm. in terms of information about ourselves then i'm a little bit weary of saying well, we'll actually you know this has to be run um on a strictly we know who everyone is we know everything about everyone where they live mm. what they do etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm not sure you know I, so, so it's not i don't think it, it, it's a cut and dry sort of process I, I, there must be complexities to this process does it have to stop? Yes, clearly no one wants it to happen. Um, should you know if they if they can trace back, as you would have thought, they can the perpetrators and brought to some justice? Then clearly that should happen. No one would no one would argue that. Mm. But I just think it probably is a little bit more complex than than than, than, than we first think in, in trying to stop this. honestly to say, the bottom line is you actually don't know who are. Because, because the whole idea of people hiding behind this, the levels of anonymity that you can actually get on social media—I'm not sure they're that great—but the, but, but on the basic levels of anonymity you can get, then we don't know who these type of people are who are sending these mm. things, and we don't know if there's an element. I mean, clearly you said it sort of comes in waves. I mean, clearly there's a clearly there's some form of copycat element to this, isn't it? You, yeah, you know, the, the, the clearly is it happens and it happens and then and then and then it goes again. People complain about it, and people say, and people, some smart Alex somewhere thinks, well, I'll do it, and that'll get headlines as well. And, and it clearly is something along those lines. So I do think, and there's a, there's a whole broader issue about this as well. I mean, it's a massive issue. The Mike Dean thing, for example, you know, it's, and this, we're all to blame as well. We all, we all fall into this category. Well, when I say to blame, in inverted commas, Mike Dean, you know, in, in the immediate wake of Mike Dean's decision, and and you say it's an error. Strictly speaking, it's, it's not an error um, that he sent Thomas Suchek off. You know, um, it, it, it's a it's a strict interpretation of the letter of the law, which everyone got upset mm-hmm. about. But that's it. You know, I mean, did he elbow him in the face? Well, yes. That's bottom line is you can't argue with that. He did. So I, I don't think he made an error. But that's a whole different subject. And I think Mike Dean's been hung out to drive by 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 the authorities, basically by the FA. However, going back to it in the immediate aftermath of. Um, of of his decision to send off Thomas Suje. The reaction on social media from nearly every, well, from virtually every single commentator, ex-player, prominent guys and Mm -hmm. girls and and whatever, ex-commentators, ex-players, ex-managers, was basically to absolutely destroy Mike Dean on social media. And they, you know, it was a terrible decision. Take a look at himself. He's more interested about himself. And this was coming from... Respectable pillars of, of of the football commentaries, as so to speak, yeah. And then, okay, they're not threatening; they're not making any threats towards it. But then, when the threats do come, the same people are up in arms, saying, "This is a disgrace. This shouldn't happen. It's outrageous." Well, hang on a minute. The tone was sort of set by people, and then they'll say, "Well, it was just a fair comment on a decision." Well, maybe, maybe, but a lot of that initially was. Basically, Mike Dean's made this decision because, you you know, he loves himself and and that's that's a good thing. So I just do think, and that's where it becomes a complex sort of grey area. Basically, the tone of anti-Mike Dean feeling was set in the immediate aftermath of the Thomas Sujek dismissal, which was, by the letter of the law, perfectly permissible. I mean, Mm. you know, there's no... I, 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 I don't think he should have been sent off, and I think Mitrovic was a disgrace for what he did. But I do know yeah. one thing. I do know that Mitrovic, Thomas Suchek, Antti Martial, Jan Benderek, they'll all be playing this weekend. None of them received death threats and none of them have had to take the weekend off. And they were the four culpable people in those two incidents, not my team. But then, and I say that's another story. But I do think that tone was set. So it's no one was threatening him with death. Um, but, you, you know, I just sometimes it may be, you know, we probably include ourselves in this. Yeah, when, I, I when, agree. When we're posting yeah, I, criticism of people, yeah. you know that's okay. It might not be, you know, the vile abuse that, that, that some people get. Yeah. but you are basically setting the tone, and the
1: tone was set absolutely yeah. in an instant from from that check incident. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I must say it's a great it's a great point. We are effectively opening the floodgates there mm. by, by issuing an open invitation. If if, if if people were outraged and journalists were outraged about the kind of the leads yeah. <laughs> issue about sort of taking taking the Mickey out of a female pundit, well, <laughs> aren't they doing the same? You know, yes. with, with, with Mike Dean, it's, it's a great yes. point. I, 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 I couldn't agree, I, I couldn't agree absolutely. more. Absolutely. I, I, you, I, you know. Listen, I, I went, when when Mike Dean went over to the
2: um the the monitor, um for the at Old Trafford and the a so martial
3: um, penalty, wasn't it?
2: For the martial yeah. penalty. And I went over and, and he came over. And I I, I tweeted you know, my instinct, I tweet, I said to I'd say Mike Dean's just gone over to look at himself on telly, yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was very funny, and then and oh great, I got a few likes and I thought that's funny. And then later I'm thinking, you know what, that was out of order. I mean, it, yeah. it was it, it was off the court, I thought mm-hmm. it was quite amusing at the time, but it sets that tone. You know, yeah. it was wrong of me to do that anyway, because it sets that tone to so all the all the gifts or memes or whatever you call them of Mike Dean sort of, you know, I mean, and, and they are, let's face it, you know, I'm not, I've had the sense of humour failure yet. They are all quite amusing and they are all quite funny, but in a way it just sets a whole, you know, anti-Mike Dean sort of bandwagon as though it wasn't, it didn't have any momentum in the first place. It became unstoppable. Now I'm not saying a natural
1: progression of that should be death threats and abuse, yeah. but when it happens, we shouldn't be that surprised. No, no, I agree. No, I agree. Just, I just wanted to touch on one yeah. one comment, Matt, before I come to yeah, you, different. which was from Stuart O'Brien, which was basically saying that you know racism doesn't only happen to black footballers. It is definitely not right that it happens to anyone at all, and and he, I think he's he's actually spot, absolutely spot on there because I mean it's you know it's happening to officials. you you know it's happening I think in the sense of homophobia I think that anti-Semitism is something that I I get on my high horse about quite a lot simply because I think it's very prevalent in London football no one's interested no one at all and it really really annoys me and I'm not you know not playing one form of abuse off against the other but I do I do think that we've got quite a wide scale issue here Matt haven't we that I, I just don't know how we begin to to tackle and finish we, we
0: certainly do on the racism side of things but uh, but one final point on that Mike Dean thing um, Twitter was founded on well I
1: think th- we do on all but there you go anyway yeah, yeah. Tw-
0: Twitter was founded on the 21st of March 2006 there are people listening to this uh, podcast or whatever however they're listening um, who haven't heard of Anders Frisk mm who a year before Twitter was founded decided he couldn't carry on being a referee because of death threats he got um, after a Barcelona-Chelsea game. You look up on Wikipedia, he's listed as a Swedish insurance salesman. He's 57 years old. He should have been refereeing uh, a couple of seasons ago still, hanging up his whistle finally then. That horrible element of people who somehow think that this fair game to have an attack on referees has existed long in the games. We didn't learn the lessons then mm. that was fired up by some comments from some accusations by our good friend, Jose Mourinho, cool. which turned out not to be true. Um, but we, but everyone lumped in on it uh, and drove a, a perfectly you know, respectable man out of uh, the job he loved. Uh, and now he's doing another job, which I'm sure he's found a, a way to love as well, selling insurance. Um, but but that's the shame of it. Is it, we've really affected that's before Twitter was even invented. Um so Social media is just the the weapon that people use these days. It's got to change in the mindset. And the the one thing about social media is it puts it all out there in the open. Like Mm. we say, it shows how it develops from commentators saying inappropriate things, uh, from commenters, from pundits, from ourselves. uh, That gets extrapolated by by fans and then turned nasty and dark and um, inhuman. By, by those of that mentality. And we've got to change that mentality because that's the poisonous, the really poisonous stuff. And at the same time, use it as a wake-up call for ourselves. But, um, and that's just on the football side of things. As you touched upon at the end, the racism is another societal problem, which is bigger. We've discussed it quite a lot on this programme, um, sadly, because it's often cropped up. Mm. Um, but, but either way, I think we've, before we start saying, oh, it's social media, let's start looking at ourselves a bit more and say, well, actually... Am I guilty of this a little bit, whether I meant to be or not? Mm. Because yeah. you know, uh, you know, because the people who send these death messages, they know who they are. They're mm. the ones who are in the role. So let's so let's start targeting them.
3: I think we need to accept, actually, as sad as it is, sad as sad as it is to say, we may always live in a world where we have prejudicial people, bigots, racists. I mean, it's an educational thing, and you know, I know Gareth South we've spoken to Southgate about it. That it's about these people being educated, but you know how do you educate millions and millions of people who think it think it's this is this is okay to behave like this you, you can't can you so we made listen the fight will go on and so it should you never want to see it stop but the bottom line is we may we may never it may be a battle we'll, we'll never win
1: yeah no no i agree with it. listen guys i want to uh, we did start late so i just want to kind of wrap rattle through a couple of last, uh, last issues. Um, one, was, one was, I thought, a really good talking point, the relegation scrap. And we'll throw these in together just because I look at it and I think that basically West Brom, have they made a mistake in appointing Big Sam and, and you thought they did when they started, but mm. where are they? I mean, they haven't gone any further forward. And, and also on, on here, it's just about Palace, you know, are they getting dragged into it now? You know, basically, what 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 happens with Roy Hodgson at the end of the season? He's, you know, basically he's seventy three, and yeah, you know, is he perhaps coming towards the end? I, mean, I, I actually think that Hodgson does a terrific job for, for Crystal Palace and has done again this season uh, when you consider what, what what he's up against. But you know, that that's my, that's my view on it. Who, who perhaps wants to take this one?
2: Matt, I think as a friend of Sam, I and mean, listen, I'll just quickly mention and To be honest with you, I, I just, I just hope I don't hope the Palace get dragged into it, but I do hope that, that that it becomes a relegation battle and not just a, a fate that yeah. those three mm-hmm. teams at the bottom now go down. That's why I would like to see Fulham turn those draws into wins. That's why I'd like to see Big Sam actually, you know, work some old magic uh, to the Hawthorns. I can't see it happening, you know, to be perfectly, to be perfectly frank. So. And, you know, Sheffield United have won a few games. They've won, what, across all competitions? Mm. Is it five out of the last eight? Something like that. I, I can't remember. But it, it, they, they've won a few games. So I just would like it to become, I, I mean, just for the sake of, um, of the Premier League, I would like it to become a um, a four-way, five-way, six-way battle for, for, for the relegation So The reason why I'd like that is because I think that if that isn't the case and, it's, and the bottom three become um, cast adrift, what you'll get then is, is six or seven or eight sides who are safe, but have nothing to play for in terms of European spots, who will essentially go through the motions in the last dozen games of the season. I think there's a real danger of that. I've seen it. I think occasionally I've seen teams do that. Now, because there's no crowd. So if you've got no crowd um, and you're not going to go down and you're not going to get a European place, then the motivation levels are very low. And I think you may see a few of those games. I think me and Jeremy were at Burnley Man City the other day and, you know, Burnley probably think they're not going to go down. They certainly didn't think they could beat Man City. They certainly don't think they're going to get into Europe. And really, it was pretty much a going through the motions um, exercise, mm. not conceding too many. And I think you might get more of those. That's why I would like there to be some jeopardy for Palace, some jeopardy for, I don't know, Newcastle. Um, you know, some jeopardy for the other teams around around that area. But mm. I fear that the bottom three might be cast adrift.
1: Yeah, we do need a bit of jeopardy. Mm. Gu- guys, let's let's go on to the last item here. It is Valentine's weekend. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure you guys have got lots of romantic plans for Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I'm not
2: mistaken Grossi I, I, I'm, I'm with and this, and who oh, I, I, I think I'm with you right. at West Brom oh, we no. are together we are, we are together for a long time and if there's the anyone who's together. got a
1: lot of love to spread it's we, we, you, are, we are we are going to have a, a socially distanced big hug virtual hug oh, and it's it's going to be beautiful autumn, I've got me red rose
2: if you can save a bit of love of your love for the FA Cup for Pep for City for oh. your wife obviously I'll, I'll, be, I'll be grateful. It'll, it'll all be gone by
1: two o'clock, by kickoff. off um, <laughs> Hey, I, I hope we
2: get a good game. You know, I was thinking about no, Valentine's Day. I
1: can't, literally cannot wait to see you. It'd so nice.
2: It'll be fantastic, Paul. But football, I, I was I was thinking about Valentine's and was anyone there, Jen. were you there when uh, the most memorable game on Valentine's Day was a Manchester derby in the FA Cup when Gary Neville got sent off. Does anyone remember that? Yeah. It was about 15 years ago. Do you remember it was a or one of the world's worst headbutts on Steve <laughs> McManaman? Yeah. I mean, I mean do you remember, and not only did he, not only did he headbutt Steve McMahon, he, I remember, I, I think United won 4 2, and he was brought down. Well, he looked as though he was brought down Gary Neville in the box, didn't he? And, and he? and he didn't get a penalty. He sort of he sort of started punching the floor, didn't he? Sort of like, you know, <laughs> uh, in, in his frustration and sort of stroppiness. And then, and I, I think it was Intimate McMahon went over and sort of basically told him to behave. And he sort of half nutted. <laughs> Stephen. It was like was a kiss? <laughs> it was, it was like it was like an Alderley Edge kiss, wasn't it? It was like a Cheshire kiss, you know what I mean? It wasn't exactly a Glasgow or a Kevin kiss, so. was it? It was <laughs> never been there, but like and I mean, my my man didn't even go down. I mean, I, mean, like, you know, I just started and laughing. It, and who was the referee? I think it was Jeff Winter. I was going to say uh, Henry Winter. I think it was Jeff Winter, and <laughs> and he sent him off. Henry only, always
1: brings me a lollipop, so you know. But
2: but not only. But not only did um, not only did um, he send him off, but I think he gave him a red card, and then. If memory serves me right, he I, think he, I think no, I think he sent him off and then gave me a yellow card after a red. Is that possible? I think because, he gave me, I think he gave me yellow. a yellow card for diving and a red card, a straight red for being sent off. I'm sure he did only because, well, I hope he did because I remember, I remember, I'm not up, but I remember I wasn't the only one to write that the, who would have thought that Gary Neville got two cards on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not sure Gary was, was I don't know I don't know whether he was happy or not but I remember that was one of the great one of the great Valentine's Day and actually City went on to um, City went on to uh, oh no United won that game 4-2 in the end yeah. with 10 men
1: yes. well, I was going to say the think United, United City derby level, was still at a stage when United could win those derbies with 10 men Well, hey, hey, to, <laughs>
3: well, me go, to me go, be go, fair
2: Season, yeah, to be <laughs> fair, I think I'm mean, actually, I think that was 15 years ago, and I actually think right. that that made it something like 30 years without winning at Old Trafford for City.
1: Wow, I yeah, really do. So,
2: anyway, so let's hope you know we, we get some good stuff on Valentine's Absolutely Day. Absolutely, yeah. let's have no Valentine's Day mascot
1: on it. <laughs> Very good, Jeremy. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Who's spreading the love it's, in well, the Premier League? Uh, Who have you loved most so
3: far, apart from me? I've loved watching City because I think they're an amazing team. You can't not fall in love with that football. My also, my love is also going out to the pundit Mika Richards this season. I think he's been a great pundit. Yeah, a real good addition to the to the TV. Um, Leeds lad. Obviously, so he's a, obviously a good bloke. <laughs> um, Clearly, um, I just think he's he's very insightful, but he brings a lot of humour to it. He doesn't take oh. himself too seriously. He can yeah. have a laugh. You know, he's not intimidated by sitting opposite Sooners and Roy Keane like most some pundits have been down the years. So, with, with my respects go out to Mika. I think he's been brilliant.
1: Yeah. No, I I'll yeah. tell you what, I, I find it really annoying that some people have seen it as as almost detrimental yeah. to his punditry to highlight his laugh and the way that he laughs and yeah. his humour as if he's too, you know, vis- as if it's too basically simplistic t- in these times. Right. Like Richards, when I've watched guy. it, yeah, I-, I like him anyway as a pundit. And I think he always comes across as such a top bloke. You yeah, know, yeah. And yeah. basically, you know, he's also in touch with the dressing room, basically. Yeah. I like that. I do think pundits only have a certain shelf life simply because you lose that connection with addressing with the them. But what I love most about Mika Richards is his laugh. His laugh yeah. is so infectious. Yeah. If you can't get, you know, if you can't laugh along with Mika Richards' laugh, well, there's, frankly, there's something wrong. And frankly, we need more of that. I just, just think that basically just it's just brilliant. He's just what? himself, isn't
3: he? Yeah. And you know, got a lot of time for people who just don't change They just just are themselves. I mean, he's not long retired as well, so he's a modern day. Yes, pundit. You know, he's a young guy. he's a young guy still, so he has a different view on things. He's he played at high level. You know, played for England, should have won so many more caps for England. Yes. I think he's great
1: to watch. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree with you. Completely out of left field, and absolutely say, agree with you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'll tell you what: you send the card, and I'll send the chocolates. All right, uh, Matt.
0: Well, um, this Valentine's Day, my, my football love is going go to go to all those people who are, are working so hard behind the scenes to get football on for us to watch. Um, it's something that probably needs to be said. Uh, it's not a particularly exciting one, but, but it's the stewards and, and the people. Mm. who I've, I don't know how you guys have experienced, but everyone's been so up for it. So, you know, even in the cold weather and whatever, they've been just really cheerful and delighted to be there. Helping us to get football on, uh, so it's, it's the guys around the stadiums, yeah, you know, around around the whole of you know football. That in these times when when it is difficult for everybody, you know, we are stuck out in the cold. You know, there's it feels like a lot more humanity around football grounds at the moment, uh, and I think we owe our particularly as journalists we owe our thanks to those people uh, and a little bit of footballing love, I think.
1: Matt, I couldn't agree more with you. I think that's a, that it's a great, great shout. And honestly, the, the the achievement from the clubs and the league to get games on, to mm-hmm. keep the, inter, the the nation entertained on some level is remarkable. And and you know. Uh, a huge part of that is, is obviously the match day staff who, who, who look after us, but look after you know the, the running of the games and so on. I feel as as if like basically I've, I've done a lot of Spurs games recently because obviously been New Zealand, it's white art lane, and I feel like I've struck up a friendship with one of the car park stewards. She's absolutely lovely, you know. <laughs> it's, it's great, you know. And it's sort of, it's so so nice to sort of be welcome with a smile, you know. So so. um Upset that I didn't see I know, George, like, from my, one of my favourite stewards at Swansea yesterday, who gives you, you know, the most incredible welcome at, a, at the car park at Swansea. Normally, and it's just brilliant, and so I, I miss miss people like that so much. But the people, you're so spot on that basically, miss people, you know, so much that, that the regular faces really do. I, you know, when, when, when
2: your car park space goes at spares, when everyone's back, pal, you, <laughs> that'll be, it'll be a brief. I'll like, miss it.
1: that. Our, our relationship will will will, will sadly die then obviously exactly we'll miss parking
2: beneath the Emirates or parking at the front door or whatever yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) honestly when I drive into the Emirates it's like you know he's getting a hero whole new world world, isn't it it. it's it's astonishing you know it's like (laughs) i do actually yeah yeah it's just amazing oh here comes john cross and it's just like get waved in it's like heroes oh dear it's fabulous absolutely fabulous and the people honestly and the way it's been shocking and there they are and it's like you know just feel for them so much and they're doing an an amazing job really are you know
2: Just, yeah. just quickly, Crossy, yeah.
1: I did my first one at the Emirates in lockdown the other week,
2: Arsenal Man United. And also, once you park up, you go in, you have that walk behind the goal, don't you? Yeah. That walk right behind the goal. I mean, you must stop every time and imagine you're, gonna, you're heading in the last minute winner, mustn't Isn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I would have well, thought, thought oh, so, but in your case, making a last-minute penalty saves. Can't well, be
1: far be it from me to regale the story of me playing in a sort of a, in a in a in a press team and and you know winning a trophy at the Emirates handed. No, no, no. I, I couldn't. Was that the last possibly.
2: trophy they won there? Was that the only trophy <laughs> I know mean? oh, they won
3: it.
1: I couldn't possibly. Save it for it for a be book so indulge yeah. yeah, show you the picture on the wall. Yeah, but save
3: it for a book, pal. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guys, really appreciate it. We've had a laugh as, as ever and tackled some, some some big issues as well. So, uh, no, really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for everyone uh, watching on and listening in. Really appreciate it. Nice. Thanks for your company. Always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you again soon.